the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast. This is a show where I help you become an even more awesome driving instructor by speaking to leaders, experts, innovators and game changers. As always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook. I'm delighted to be here, but even more delighted that you have chosen to listen because today we are talking all things audit. That's right. I'm six seasons into the Instructor Podcast and I am finally talking about audit which probably says quite a lot about me and my thought process around audit. But we finally got around to it, and today, to discuss it, we are joined by the Audit Academy, which is Kev Field and Neil Whiteman. But just before we get stuck into that episode, I want to, first of all, say a big thank you. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. You know, we've come to the end of the year. It's the last episode of season six. It's our last episode of 2023. We've done record numbers again this year. Downloads are up by, I think it's 56% in total this year. So whether you've listened, shared, however you've interacted this year, I just want to say a massive thank you. I really appreciate it. And if you want to know a bit about what's coming up in 2024, hang about to the end of the show and I'll tell you some of the cool things that are happening next year. But I also want to give a little plug to a new podcast that's come out on the 1st of January. And then every Monday from that date, there will be a new podcast called One Minute Driving Instructor Tips. That's right. In under two minutes, you will be getting top tips around how to build your driving school, improve your driving school, become a better instructor, pass your part three or stand the check, all that kind of cool stuff every Monday starting on the 1st of January. So you can go to the show notes to find a link or you can search for One Minute Driving Instructor Tips wherever you listen to podcasts. So go and do that now. And then when you've done it, let's get stuck into the show. Today on the Instructor Podcast, I am joined by the Audit Academy and the two amazing human beings behind it in uh, Neil Whiteman and Kev Field. How are we doing, guys? All right. Thank you. Very well. Thank you, Terry. Good stuff. Well, well thank you for joining me today because uh, when I was, I was planning out this season six, it suddenly registered that I am now on season six and I still have, haven't spoke about audit once. And it's quite a prominent thing in our industry. So I thought probably about time I did. And I couldn't think of two better people to speak to. So as anyone listens to the show regularly knows, we'll know that I usually start off by asking the guest whether they are an expert, leader, innovator, or game changer. But I'm going to throw a slight spanner in the works today and ask you to describe each other. So we're going to go with you first, Neil. Do you want to tell me about Kev? Is he a leader? expert, innovator, game changer, or any, like a, a combination of all? I I would say that Kev is a combination of them all, you know, in, in the training that he delivers, in the excellent product of confident drivers that he delivers, and being, you know, with the Audit Academy as well, and we're delivering high-level training, which is really good fun. So I would put Kev in that group of all of them, to be quite honest. So uh, there's no pressure on you now. He's so nice, isn't he? He's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) If you say any less than all four now, it's just (laughs) brilliant. Um, So, Kev, where does Neil sit? Leader, expert, innovator or game changer? I ain't got a clue. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) He's a game changer for the book he's done innovator for his ideas that he comes up with um is a mixture again i'm it's gonna say a bit boring but yeah he's is we ha- i think you have to be a mixture of all of them don't you i think you know to to get where we are uh, to show the passion that you want to improve i think you have to be a little bit of everything yeah but yeah definitely the innovator and leader in what he's doing yeah uh, I've said this before, but I think like with innovation now, it's very, very hard to be completely original. It's very, very hard to be completely innovative. I think it's seeing something and changing it a little bit to make it your own or putting your own spin in it. And I think both you guys do that really well, actually, because I've obviously worked with you both a little bit individually and, and, and known you a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think you both do do that quite well. So as much as it's a bit <laughs> too nice and friendly for my liking, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> but... 
we have come on today to talk about audit. And as I said, I think it's a reflection on me, if I'm being honest, the fact that it's taken me this long to talk about it because I've not had a, a massive interest in it. And this is, you know, me being completely honest about it. And I think it's because I see that much negativity about it online, you know, that much almost dismissiveness about it. So I think I've kind of steered away from it a little bit, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously. So I am, I'm looking forward to picking your brains about it. And uh, for anyone that's unaware, audit stands for, and I'm referring to my notes here, official register of driving instructor training. So there you go. That's what audit is. So I'm going to come to you first with Kez for this general question. What is audit? When we talk about audit, what do we mean? So I think it's where we're in instructor trainers, but we've passed an assessment, or it used to be called an inspection. And but it's basically that the DVSA have looked at what you do, and they say, "Yep, yeah, you're good, and you can apply to go onto the register of the audit." You know, you can go onto the audit register. So you have to have the assessment done. You have to have your records checked. There's so much more into it than that. But that's basically what it is. The DVSA have assessed you, what you do, and now you can go onto that register. Yeah. And at the minute, they're not accepting any new applications, are they, until the is it the 31st of March next year? Yeah, they've stopped it, obviously, because of all the... The people that are now out doing L tests, they've they basically put it on hold. And there is so many people in the, the previous to that that are still waiting from COVID to have their audit inspection or their audit has run out or they applied to go on audit. There, there, there is it's just so much of a backlog because audit is not prioritised. You know, if you think about where the priorities are, it's L tests, it's part twos, part threes we're not really in that bracket yeah and i suppose it's not prioritized because it's voluntary it's not mandatory you know so i think a lot of instructors now again i include myself in this with my my ignorance if i'm being honest kind of dismiss it a little bit but i will just say i think it's probably a really good time to actually talk about it because there is no audit assessments going on so for anyone that's thinking about you know becoming audit trained and, and or getting training they can start planning for it now for for the future. So I think it's a really good time. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the assessment process, though. So I'll, I'll come to you, Neil. Can you talk me through what the assessment is? So the assessment is, uh, obviously, you're going to take a PDI or an ADI and deliver a training session in front of the examiner. Very much like a standards check, but more aimed at trainer and encouraging them to uh, become more to be able to train people as well. So, you know, an ADI for a standards check, for example, needs that bit of guidance from that, shall we say, so-called expert, or that PDI needs that ex expertise to be able to transfer the learnings to his learners as well. And it's understanding how he's going to do that. But it's just like, it's just like a standards check, it is just delivering a session as you would in front of an examiner. Does it need to be role playing, or can you take a student along? It's you can either take a PDI or an ADI. Yeah, uh, but obviously it can't be role played anymore. It is exactly like the standards check. It's got to be a current lesson or. Uh, a lesson for an ADI that struggled with his standards check, failed his standards check, for example. And it, it's just building his skills and his training to be able to go and pass the standards check again comfortably. Yeah. I think I don't think I phrased that question very well. So it's like you the 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 person that's training, so the person that's going for the audit assessment isn't sitting in the back watching a, a PDI or an ADI deliver a lesson out there. They're actually conducting the session. Yeah, that, they've got to conduct the session from the front now because uh, delivering it from the back has been stopped. So you're delivering it potentially from the driver's seat to the PDI. Yeah. And could that, I mentioned then, could that include role play? So could that be the them, you know, driving and committing some faults with a, the, the ADI or PDI then attempting to pick up on them or? 
Yeah, role play is part of the the assessment. Uh, obviously, there needs to be a clear identification if you're going to go into role, and you both understand that you're going to be into role. But you could be from the driver's side, you know, in role demonstrating or doing a fault that a learner driver would do, and the PDI is picking it up. So it's very much a, a session sometimes where you are in role. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking at the the audit assessment form today, which I don't think I've ever actually looked at before. And you kind of mentioned it, but it looked remarkably like the standard check form. It, it is, to be quite honest. There's just certain words that have changed. So from pupil, it's to trainee instructor. Yeah. And that's where the difference is. All three of them, the part three, the standard check, and the audit assessment are working off each other. Yeah, and the other thing I didn't know, Kev, was the the score difference. I guess you would need a higher score as a you know on an audit, but I didn't realize it'd be like forty three. So, is does that? Yeah. Well, that's that's it. It's literally forty three and a pass. Yeah, you know, I, I know you get a grade A, but it's it's pass, and that's it. There is it's a fail after that. There's no grade B. Yeah, because you need to be a grade A, don't you, to be able to take the audit in the first place? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think part of, the, part of the assessment process has changed that we've noticed that's the, probably the hit the, the instructor trainers hardest that they're not up to scratch with is the training records because your training records have to be sent off now for the examiner to see and to see whether or not they're up to scratch. And if he doesn't think they're up to scratch, he won't let you book a, an assessment. Are they getting more stringent with that, do you think? Hundred percent, yeah. And uh, so I'm guessing then you're obviously not naming names, but you are seeing a lot of people coming short in that area. Well, I'm going to even mention myself. You know, my records, and you know, I used to keep records, and I thought they was okay, but now they want to see a little bit more detail into you know what was the reason that I conducted that session and why did I do it that way. So it gives you a real um, insight into what you're doing. Plus, also they want to see the pupils' reflection as well. So I think it's it's gone a step further so you know, to make bad? sure record record keeping's up to scratch. Is that good or bad? I, I, I think it's a good thing to be quite honest. You know, it uh, it gives a good indication of what the trainers like and how they deliver their training and, and the sort of things that you are actually recording. I think the only thing I. I'd say, because I think I would agree. Again, I'm very, very naive with this stuff. I'm not very, I don't know a lot. This is me being completely honest. But I think the one thing I would query potentially is if they're raising standards, if you like, of of what's acceptable to be audit trained, but it's still voluntary, could that be putting people off? You know, if they're almost making it harder or more work, could that potentially put people off that are thinking of becoming audit trained? See, I think it's it goes back... I'm going to go back a few years now. Um, and part of the audit, they wanted to revamp it. And they wanted people on the audit to be the best of the best. That's what they, I think that was the phrase that the DVSA used. Um, but they've. Ne- I don't think they've gone far enough. Um, but at the same time, it's a step in that direction. And record keeping is part of, um, part of that, I think. The other thing I read... And maybe you can shed some clarification on this because it wasn't very clear. Uh, and I was looking on the gov.uk website, so you can imagine it's not very clear. Um, it was saying that if you fail once, you can just rebook and resit. But if you fail twice, there's a potential they'll call you in for a standards check. Is that, that the case, Neil? That is the case, yeah. And then you have to attain your grade A again before you then can go back to trying the audit again. So, in theory, I could pass a standard check of a grade A, go to become audit, fail twice, get called in for a standard check, be completely demoralised and disillusioned and lose all confidence, fail three standard checks and lose my career. And if we're thinking of reasons why people aren't following up on audit, that just seems a little bit harsh to me, but maybe I'm being naive again. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it is, it, I think if you're going for audit, though, you've put enough into it to be able to to pass and and you know want to strive to be audit, does it? Don't you? 
Yeah. You will be done enough work to put yourself into that position. You're not going to put your head above the parapet and then say, just come and fire at me sort of thing. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And and look, I'm going to use an extreme example there. I'm just trying to look at why so many people don't choose to go down the audit route. And I think that I'm looking at some things there and it's like, to me, it would even, it should even be mandatory or a little bit more accessible potentially as well, especially because I've just spoke about the backlog. Um, so in fact, I'll fire that question to you, you know, and I'll, I'll come to you, Neil, first. Should audit be mandatory? I know they can't change it instantly right now, but going forward long-term, should it be mandatory? Uh, oh, good question. Uh, I think at the minute it's got to be voluntary and it's got to be seen to be more beneficial. Uh I think at the moment, because it is voluntary, the people that want to improve or strive to improve do it for themselves. You know, currently there's 573 audit registered trainers. 273 of them are in organisations that are training. So I think it it needs to be, you know, you need to have that, you, you've got to have that want to do it before they can make it mandatory. I've got to say that, I mean, A, I love that answer, volunteer but more beneficial, and B, I wasn't going to ask the same question to you, Kev, but after your response to me asking it to Neil, I am going to ask that same question to you, should it be mandatory? I think it's so controversial, isn't it? Because you don't. there is so many good instructor trainers that are not on audit. You know, I'm going to put that out there straight away before I get shot down or anything. Um, but it is, it's not mandatory. I think there's got to be a partnership with the DVSA and us as instructor trainers to make it mandatory. You know, they are starting to recognise us and um, I say us, I mean audit trainers by, you know, if people fail standards checks, the DVSA are saying, go and find an audit registered trainer to help you. Um, I think there needs to be more communication with audit trainers um, from the DVSA. And I think if you make it more attractive to become an audit trainer, then it become become um, like the go-to. Does that make sense? And then it becomes, yeah, let's make it mandatory now that if you want to become an instructor trainer, you need to be audit registered. Um, but at the moment, there's, there's no need. It's just I think it's a, it's a personal thing. I like the difference in answers there as well, because I think I agree with both, which is quite odd. You know, I kind of agree with you, Neil, in that it's it's almost selecting people that want to improve. You know, it's, it's making people make that choice. But I also like the idea of making it more attractive. So I kind of like both of that. But is there any other change you'd make to kind of the assessment itself, Kev? Or, or do you think the assessment itself is actually pretty good? Me personally, I think it's good. Um, because you've got to show off your skills. Um, and I think that's where it's similar to a standards check. But in the instructor training, it's slightly different in respect of, you know, you've got to play three roles. But, yeah, I, I just, I would, I like it as it is. I think you've got to show that you, you're you looking at the, the trainee, whoever it is, whether it's a PDI, ADI, and you're meeting their needs and their wants. You know, you have to do that. In a standards check, it can be more, shall I say, wavy line. You can move around a little bit. But in this one, there isn't really. You have to be fully in tune with the, the trainee. And what about you, Neil? Is there any changes to the assessment you'd like to make? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I thoroughly like the, the assessment itself as well. Like, like Kev said, you've got three different roles to play it's you've got lots of things to think about whilst you're in that training session as well so i don't really see what else they could do to make it any different to be quite honest yeah well let, let me move on to the the training aspect of it then the you know the training to become audit um even if someone didn't want to become audit and want to take that assessment and get that qualification would you still recommend audit training uh depends what you mean by audit training because you know 
you've got to want to do it. If you're like Kev says, there is a lot of good trainers out there training people to be instructors. Uh, but you've got to want to go that step further. So you you can mention it, you know, come and do audit training, come and have a look, see what it's all about. But they've got to want to do it. And that's the biggest thing at the minute, I think. Let me put it a slightly different way as well then. So let's use me as the example again. I'm going to be the fall guy in all these examples, right? <laughs> let's say that I wanted to start training instructors, but I didn't want the qualification. The, the actual aspect of being audit was irrelevant to me. I just wanted to train trainers. Would you be happy with me coming to the audit academy and training me to do that? Most definitely. Because... You know, in, in the audit academy, you, you're going to gain other skills that will help you in, in the standards check or part three, as well as the audit. And that's what makes it uh, different to other training sessions, shall we say, yeah. you know. And I think we've touched on this a bit already, Kev, but I think just for sort of clarification, who can provide audit training? Yeah. Um, who can reply? Well, I think anybody can do it. Um, how well you do it again is open to interpretation. I think it's down to finding someone that you can work with, which I don't think is is uh, said enough. You know, you have to fit with that person. You have to fit with those people that are training you. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's going to just boost whatever you're doing. You know, you want to go into instructor training. Well, what's it all about? Come and find out. We're very in the mind of, you know, we do online training, we're doing car training, we chat to people, you know, so, you know, find out what we do. Find out what it's like to have a PDI sitting next to you and you're putting your experiences across to them and making sure they learn what's actually happening and how they can bring that into their own lessons as well. And I think that's where it's a little bit more rewarding. I think instructor training, audit training, um, whatever you want to call it, really. Yeah. And I think the other question I want to ask on this, just from a technical sense, is do you need any training to be audit? Or could I rock up, you know, on March the 31st, having had no further training, and just turn up with an ADI or PDI and hope for the best. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We, we have to be sort of like, you have to apply to the register and you have to go through that process. Yeah. You know, the same as you apply to become a driver. So it's, it's very similar to that, where you have to do all the, the paperwork first. But yeah, in theory, you don't have to take training. You could just go and get assessed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening wouldn't, you know, in the same way that when we see people coming in this, into the industry, we recommend they get some training, even though technically they don't need it. Uh, the same way we recommend people learning to drive, get an instructor rather than just have their parents. But I think it's it's fascinating, this whole process from becoming a, a driver to becoming a driving instructor to becoming a driving a trainer, there is no requirement to actually have any formal training. I find that fascinating. I don't know if you agree. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely fantastic because at the end of the day, I think the, it depends on your background, obviously. But can you teach someone to drive? I mean, the school of mum and dad do quite well, I think, from what I've seen personally. Um, do they teach them the actual driving behaviour side of things? Probably not, but they've been teaching that all their life. So they're going to follow mum and dad and what they do normally. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting thought. And most people become, through my um, background and what I've noticed, most people want to become driving instructors because they just taught their son or daughter to drive and they actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you know, that, that probably – is a nice way of thinking about it. Do they need training? Not really. I'm presuming that you would advise any ADI that wants to become a trainer, though, to get some form of training around. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm going to say that, but again, it's not necessary. Yeah. Again. 
And we'll be back with more from Neil and Kev in just a moment. But I want to give a quick shout out to the latest signups to the Instructor Podcast Premium. And they are Gary Thomas, Matt Lawrence, James McAleer and Victoria Phoenix. Big thank you to those guys for signing up, but they get immediate access to over 140 exclusive shows to help them become better driving instructors, including the one that I'm currently doing, which is the 12 Days of Christmas. So we're currently halfway through the 12 Days of Christmas, which is people like Bob Morton, Lee Sperry, Liz Box, Emma Cottington, all these awesome people giving driving instructors things that they can work on in 2024. And there's been some brilliant ones so far. And if you want to check out some snippets of those for free, head over to the Instructor Podcast Facebook group. You can find some video clips over there from it. But yes, if you sign up to Instructor Podcast Premium, you get that whole host of content from amazing people, including one or two bits from myself. The best way to sign up is to head over to the website, www.theinstructorpodcast.com. You can find loads of information over there, or go to the show notes, or drop me a message, whatever works for you. But for now, let's get stuck into the show. Coming back to you then, Neil, uh, the training itself to be again become audio what what does that entail what's the training like can you give me an idea uh what what's it like it's it's just about really understanding uh how you can influence the the person that wants to become audit to teach his pdis or adis and how he's going to transfer that learning to them so it's a little bit different to the normal. Well, or I suppose it's not really because, you know, with a driving instructor training, a, a learner driver, you're imparting that knowledge and, and that uh, ability. And I suppose that's the same sort of thing at audit level. It's transferring the knowledge and the ability and getting them to understand how they're going to put that into being a P, uh, an, an ADI and delivering that to learner drivers. Yeah. Is it, so you guys obviously run the Audit Academy and you, you do your own stuff independently, respectively as well. Um, so is that kind of a mixture of, you know, uh, like Zoom attended sessions and, you know, you're doing stuff online and you do stuff in car as well. Do you, you know, potentially have people in the back of the car watching you deliver sessions, all that kind of stuff go on? Yeah, I mean, we deliver online sessions. Uh, there's four Tuesdays, you know, that you attend the online sessions. And then we do an in-car day as well. Uh, and the in-car day believed to be a little bit different to everybody else because we include PDIs, ADIs, and people wanting to be audit. And the per- people that attend the course set the agenda. So we facilitate it. So it's a little bit different to everybody else. Um I might release this as a full video because your smiles when each other are talking is really entertaining me right now. Um, Kev, then, I'm going to throw this one at you. If an ADI is looking to be audit trained, so they're going to get a trainer, should they specifically or prioritise that that trainer is audit trained themselves? Because I know you spoke earlier about them being some really good trainers out there that aren't. Should that be something... I, if I was doing it, should that be something I would be at least considering? Definitely. Definitely consider it. Talk to the person. Um, The person that's audit trained has been through the assessment, Um, potentially the new assessment, not the old assessment as well, um, because it changed just before COVID. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely seek out audit um, in the first instance. Um, and see what they're offering. You know, I think sometimes people say, well, come and give me, this is what I do, this is how we do it. You know, it might not suit you, that training. If that audit trainer is, um, you know, flexible, we say, well, we do this, we do this, we do this. We offer different packages for you. Which one do you prefer? You know, and I think that's where we come into our own. We we tailor it to the student. You know, we we offer those online, which are, small groups as well you know we're not going to get loads of people on it because we want people to be involved the in-car days we want pdis in there so people get a feel for what it is like to train a pdi but we also want them to train adis as well you know so what does that feel like 
Um, and then we've also got the option of us stepping into the front and then looking at what we would do. So you've got a vast range of activities that we do. Yeah. And I can vouch for some for your Incardes Cuff, so there you go. Um, <laughs> what, what are the benefits then, Neil? So if, again, use me as the example, if I decided to go and become audit trainer and then go and qualify, what are the benefits to me for following that process? I think the first benefit is personal development. You know, that, that's a big thing. It's it's that feeling of personal development. And you, at the highest level, you, you're recognised by the DVSA at that highest level. Uh, the, the other benefits are that, like Kev said earlier, that examiners now are telling people to get some advice from an audit registered trainer, and they give that audit registers trainers name out to the people in that in that area so that that's a massive benefit there's the audit register that's online that you can look up and see where your audit registered trainer is but it's it's all about the audit registered trainer sharing their knowledge and you know imparting that to to the people because like say they're recognized by the dvsa as we're at the top you know so if they rec- if they recognize that then they're going to point people in the right direction to people that have trained and been through the assessment themselves that's interesting i was going to you know when they said about recommending audit trainers i'm going to ask if they're recommending them by name so it's it's interesting that they actually do that is there um any other benefits to being audit that you're, you can think of, Kev, or as, as Neil nailed them all? I think, Neil's, I, think, I think it's the actual self-accolade as well, isn't it? You know, if people came up to you and say, are oh, you an instructor trainer? You can go, well, yes, I'm audit registered. And that, oh, what's that? <laughs> so, you know, you, you can say that to them as well. And some people like that. Some people like having people that have done the training and um, and the trainer as well, actually likes to say that they're audit registered i do um because it's what i've done what would you say to all the uh negative nellies out there kind of mentioned them at the, the start and i see a lot of negativity online and yeah, you mentioned before neil about you know recognized by the dvsa so we see that negativity around the dvsa um, we know that if you know there'll be some instructors out there that hear you say recognized by the DVSA and turn their nose up at that. So the, the, the instructors out there that turn their nose up at audit and the DV, all that kind of stuff. How would you respond to those guys or girls? <laughs> well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really, because it's 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 self pro, uh, promotion, isn't it? it you know, you. If they don't want to achieve and they just want to sit in that negative centre, then that's fine. That's up to them. But, you know, most people will want to push on. And if you want to push on, you'll look at doing audit and you'll look at improving yourself. You know, that that's how I see it anyway. So, What about if I came to you, Kevin? God, I'm using myself in a lot of examples here. <laughs> what about if I come to you, Kevin, and I'm like... I'm thinking about doing this, but I don't really see the point. It's, it's, how would you convince me? How could I convince you, Terry? Terry, you know what it's like in my car. <laughs> yes, it's yes. it's going <laughs> to it's going to be fun, but it's also going to be learning. So even if you know, I'd say you're thinking about becoming audit registered or instructor training. Put your feet in. The, I'm going to say not your toes, but put your feet in the water. Come and have a look to see what it's like and see if you enjoy it. It is another tool that you can use in variety. A lot of people that we get through, and probably Neil can vouch for this in what he does personally as well, but they're they're getting a little bit bored of teaching learners. They're getting a little bit bored of just staying in their their comfort zones. You know, so I would convince you and just say. Come and try something new. See if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, let's take it further. And I think the last question I want to ask around this specifically, I've got some brilliant questions uh, from my, my listeners here for you, actually, but the last question I want to ask, I'm currently a grade B. Uh, I hope my standards check six years ago now, I think it was. 
Uh, I passed the old PSTs and then six months later, I got my standard check and got a B. And we know what's happened in the last five or six years, so I've not bothered following up on that. If I wanted to be audit trained, I, I would obviously need to take another standard check and get an A. Would getting this audit training help me get an A on the standards check? I've got a simple answer to that one. Yes. <laughs> That'll do. Right. So we've got some uh, brilliant questions from my uh, premium members. I put it into my chat and asked. Uh, so I'm going to fire these at you. Um, Any difficult ones, ask Neil. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask them and I'm going to wait and see answers. Oh, God, here we go. Uh, so uh, some of these we may have touched already, but I'm going to ask them again just so we can, if you want to clarify any further. So Les Hopkinson. Uh, had three questions. Number one, if someone was thinking about getting into training instructors, where's the best place to start? <laughs> I think I can answer that, can't I, before you two do and say the Audit Academy? Because <laughs> you're not going to see anywhere else, are you? <laughs> that would be a good start, yeah. Come and have a chat with us. Uh, where else? Just get on the register and have a look to see where the audit trainer is and just like kev said have a chat with them see see what they offer yeah but first port of call is the audit academy there you go uh links in the show notes question <laughs> two does it really matter if your audit registered does the public understand what audit is i think no but i think on a personal matter yes and tell people what you do um, and then the public know what you what it stands for. You know, most of my learners know that I'm audit registered. I haven't got a Scooby Doo what that means, but then they go, "What?" And I go, "Well, it's this," and they go, "Oh, that's quite impressive." And then they tell mum and dad. I think most of my learners know my grade B, and I don't know why, but I seem to take a weird pride in telling them about this and this check and the fact that my grade B. But either way. They never leave me. So. Um, and then the third one from Les was, how does the audit assessment differ from the standards check? I think we covered that a lot in the beginning, so I don't think we need to go over that. So the next question is from Penny Alexander. What is involved in the audit assessment? Do you need to provide course materials or paperwork to show your training someone? Now, we touched on that quite a bit at the beginning, but is there anything else if you want to add on to that, what's involved in the audit assessment or...? Do you think we covered it enough? Well, I, I, I'd just like to add into that, that uh, when I took my last audit assessment, I actually introduced video evidence. So that gives a clear example to the uh, the examiner that, that there is a real issue. And uh, the comment that I got after that was, that's really good. That's the first time I've ever seen video evidence of what the issue is and how, how you're going to work that. So that was good. You know, and it's, it's, it's all about just having everything to hand. You know, if you've done your notes properly and if you've recorded your records properly, that will be enough when you send them into the audit academy, uh, into the audit examiner. Yeah. Nearly slipped up, Kevin. Nearly got us <laughs> some more work. <laughs> well, you can send them to us first if you want to. We'll have a look through them and then just say, yeah, they're good. I, I must admit, I really like that that idea of showing the examiner video footage. It's like, what, what better evidence could you have? That's, that's brilliant. Um, anything you want to add around that assessment, Kev? Or? Yeah, I, I, you know, no, not really. It's, it's, that's more or less it, really, isn't it? You know, just have, have the records up to date. But evidence, like Neil says, video is is fantastic. We had we have so many conversations about video in lessons and how to use video, um, even audio. You know, we 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 have so many conversations about that. Another question from Penny Alexander, and I really like this one. Not that I haven't liked the others, but apart from being a grade A instructor, do you need any particular qualities to be a trainer? And do these differ from those who are audit registered? I like that question. Do you need any particular qualities to be a trainer? And do these differ from those who are audit registered? Over to Neil. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say that you, 
you know, your, your qualities come from within, don't they? You know, you, you know how to build rapport as a, a good in driving instructor anyway. Uh, it, and it's just building on from that, to be quite honest. If, if you've got the motivation to keep striving to succeed, then that's a massive quality, isn't it? And, and that's where I get my motivation from. Just keep succeeding. Keep succeeding. I like it. Anything you want to add qualities-wise, Kev, Kev to, become, um, to become an audit trainer? I, I said, know what you're doing. And when you're doing it, have fun. We have so we have so many. We sit in the. You wouldn't believe the amount of things we sit in lessons we sit in the back of, and it's almost like, really, you you how are you doing this? It's like have a bit of fun, have a bit of variety, you know, and that's that's what I like. Um, Kevin Ray asks, how long should I wait after becoming ADI before considering heading down the audit training route? We've had lots of conversations about this, haven't we? Mm. And we said, should there be one of the questions? I'm asking probably another question here, but should there be a minimum uh, time that people should be driving instructors before they go instructor trainer? So not audit, but instructor trainers. And we came up with people should be sort of like get to know the knowledge, get to know what happens, and how long does that take? And obviously people are going to be, different times but you can't remember what was it was it three years or five years that we came up with we thought was a good time for people to then become instructor trainers yeah i think it's anywhere between that three and five year uh thing because you build up your knowledge you build up your abilities and then you can then move on and look at being audit because you've got to learn your trade haven't you, you you've got to learn the trade it's no good coming straight from part three to toward it you know it's know what you can do at that first level get that grade a succeed from that and then look at moving on so yeah we both agree between three and five years that that number's interesting because i was thinking about this myself and um i kind of came up with that number and i think in in relation to me personally because when I passed, I was with a national driving school. And I think after three years, that's when I felt confident enough to go off by myself independent. And it took that three years before I felt like I was actually a good driving instructor. And I think I qualified thinking I was good. And after six months, I'm like, no, no, I need to get better. <laughs> I, I, was, I was good when there was no pressure. Now is my now is my job. There's pressure, you know. So that's an interesting one. Um Kevin Selwood asks, how can I check whether a trainer is on the audit register? I've had a very recent experience of a PDI coming to me for help after finding out his trainer isn't on the register, even though his training company told him he was. So how can you find out whether the trainer is on the audit register? You just log on to the DVSA website and go on to the audit register and it will list all the driving instructors that are on the audit register. And it's by, via postcode as well. So you put in the postcode, nearest postcode, and it will throw them up. Yeah. Kev's laughing because normally when they put a postcode in for Luton, it comes up for Leicester. <laughs> and I have to transfer them back to Kev. <laughs> Fair enough. He also asks about the audit assessments, if they're currently affected in the same way. Sander checks, we kind of touched on that earlier, but I'd, I'd be interested in your, your thoughts now, and I realise this is a guess, but I suppose a two-part question. Do you think that they're going to be changing audit going forward? And when it bring comes back in potentially from the 31st of March, do you think it's going to be like a mad scramble for everyone trying to get in, or do you think they'll they'll... Oh God, I can't believe I'm asking this. Do you think they'll manage that process quite well? Say that last bit again. <laughs> I don't think I can bring myself to. <laughs> I, I'm, I, my personal opinion is um, when you think about standards checks and part threes and part twos, that hasn't dropped. The, the people trying to book those tests has not dropped. There is going to be a massive backlog of 
um, those tests. This is even before audit, I think. Mm. So I know they're going to restart it on 31st of March or just after. How many people are going to have an audit assessment? I know there's probably not, you know, in the scheme of things, compare it to part three standard checks, there's not many people. But I don't think we're going to, we're not the priority, is, is my, my thoughts. You ever will be. We called it ever will be prioritised. I'm hoping. You know, I'm, I'm hoping it's um, recognised more. I think we should have uh, more say in what goes on. I think we should have a, a better communication with the DVSA. Um, they're saying they want to um, have better communication than they have been, but I don't think we have. Um, I was fortunate to be on getting the the, the standards checks back in after COVID, and I was on that the, the working party to do that. And part of the thing that came up was you don't talk to us. You know, you've got these trainers from around the country and you've handpicked us to come in because you you trust us and you know, but you're still not telling us something. And because it's a government entity, they are hands are tied and they can't do stuff. And it's even the forms that we're using are so out of date. It's it's just ridiculous. So, you know, and those things take time to change. So will it change? Hopefully. And I think it will change for the better. But when is that going to happen? Who knows? Neil, do you think that with obviously the, the assessments not occurring at the minute, and then when they come back, they'll A, be a backlog and B, potentially, you know, not be the priority and C, potentially, you know, not be managed very well. Um do you think that people should still be taking audit training um, so that in the hope that they get to a point where, for example, if we use you guys as an example, you guys could say, yes, you're at this standard now. We're happy for you. Go off and train ADIs. Do you think that they should still be doing that and utilising you guys or any training, not specifically you guys, but as as almost like the pass barometer? Yeah, uh, I'm very much in favor of people continuing training you know whether you're looking to do it or whatever it, it's continue to do it you know for example i've said to a lot of adis over the last few weeks they've stopped all uh, standards checks but they're going to come back you need to be at that point where you can take your standards check and not have to worry about it so why shouldn't you do the same audit why shouldn't you get yourself prepared get ready and then be able to take the test yeah i i think training should be continuous uh, and everybody that knows me <laughs> know that i bang on about that all the time you know from the day one you take your standards check or you take your audit assessment you should be then thinking about the next one not sitting back and thinking oh i've done that i don't need to worry about that anymore it's continuous it's a continuous thing and and you know that Kev knows that I've always spoke about them sort of things. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, and then last question, um, and I'm going to ask this because we kind of touched it before, but again, if we look at the technical aspect, so Bev Kavana asks, do you have to be an instructor for a certain amount of time to become audit? So we were talking before about how long we should be, but do we have to wait any length of time, or could you qualify and then immediately? start training to become audit as long as you pass with a grade a yeah you, you have to do a standards check though don't you to get your grade a to become audit i think yeah I i'm almost sure i'm almost positive of that if you you passed your part three with a grade a you then need to do a standards check and get the grade a before you can go on to the audit or apply for audit some uh, some good questions there weren't there i enjoyed them um <laughs> not sure you did uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this, then, because we've we've not mentioned it so far. So, do you want to tell us a bit about the Audit Academy? Where do we start? It's us two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that end so it's always fun. It, it's always fun. Um, that's the way we like to work. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great training company. I think. Why? Neil? What makes it a great training company? What's unique about you? What's unique about it? Because what we do, people go, I didn't think of it that way. 
we have a different way of sort of like looking at training and we do it from what have we been trained in and what would we like to see different you know how can we make this training better but it's it's not the same training that you will get everywhere else mm-hmm. you know you could probably do instructor training 12 different places and ours will still be different because of what we say the way we do it the way we um come across to people um we also get people to work as well which you know if you've ever been on a training course and you know you you've done the training course you sat there you listened to it and then walked away and then 6 months down the line you'll go can't remember that what what did i do there we can almost guarantee that you will remember what we've done or you've done on our training because we make you do the work yeah um and before i come over to you on this neil i, I will you know take this opportunity to say i've, I've did an in in car training day with with yourself kev and i can i can vouch for that you know you had me working on that day uh, <laughs> yes it was fun yes i learned a lot but you had me grafting at times and <laughs> but by putting it into action it does kind of roll along and i will just chip in with a little plug for myself here actually because it's one of the things i'm going to be bringing in next year in the instructor podcast premium is accountability this idea that we get this training but then actually implement it and I think that we all, and I'm, I'm sure you guys would admit to doing this as well, because I know I do, we, we come across so much training, whether it's a course, whether it's reading a book or listening to a podcast, and a lot of it goes in one ear and out the other. We'll go, oh, that's a brilliant piece of information. I'm going to remember that, and then we don't remember it because we haven't actioned it. Now, we can't action everything, but I think we need to action more. So I, I kind of I like what you've said there, Kev. So, so Neil, what, what else can you tell us about the Audit Academy? uh what else can i tell you it, it's fun it, and, and learning should be fun you know you, you should be able to have a laugh uh like like we do on our our practical days you know the agenda is set by the pe- a person or people coming on the course we're not gonna uh change that you guys are going to work to your agenda and we're going to facilitate it for you which I feel is probably very much different to what other training companies do, you know? And and we try to get every level in there. Like Kev said, we PDIs, ADIs, audit registered trainers. There's, there's no distinction between each one, you know, all, all can learn from each other. So if I came to you and I'll use the two extremes of, and I came to you and said, I want something really structured, can you walk me through from A to Z or A to Z? Um, or if I came to you and said, I've got all these ideas, can you incorporate this? You know, could you work with anywhere in that spectrum, basically? I'm sure we could. Excellent. Making notes for if I consider becoming audit trained. Um, <laughs> you know what we'd say, though, Terry? We'd say, well, what is your structure? <laughs> I don't work well with structure. <laughs> like a crumbling scaffold is my structure um so is there any change you'd make toward it i'll, I'll come to you first with this kev because we kind of asked you about the assessment side before but with the whole thing um is there any changes that you would if you were in charge and and got to be a loved day for a day what what changes would you make toward it oh the thought the picture has just come into my head <laughs> <laughs> if I was love day for a day, what would I do? Um, and do you know what I would do? I would I would get audit trainers together. Now, I'm, I'm talking just audit at the moment. I'm not talking driving instructors. So just audit. I'd get audit trainers together and say, right, what do you want to see happen? What do you want to change? You know, what can we do? What's going to happen? And the first thing I would do after that is say, right, we're going to have another meeting in a month's time and say what have we done how close to we are we getting that and then we're going to have another meeting in a month's time and say how close are we now so you know that you mentioned accountability Mm. i think that's what we need because the dvs and you probably know this and everyone knows this they're really good at saying right this is this is why we are this is what we're going to do and then you don't hear nothing for another year and say this is what we've done this is what we're going to do and it's, it's it's rubbish isn't it and so, yeah, I would just like to get in, 
you don't have none of these email stuff, let's just get in properly and say, right, come on, let's sort this out. Let's sort this out because it is, it's, it's, it's the actual assessment process is okay. Uh, the paperwork is shocking, you know, for trainee instructors and all that. It's just, it's not fit for purpose in my eyes. So, yeah, I'd just say, right, room, month's time, let's do it again and do it again until we get it right. I must say, I'm very much looking forward to the uh, the success of 2023 DVSE email that's going to come through in January, because um, we know how well that went down January this year. Uh, all right, Neil, is there any changes you would make if you got to be loved here for a day? Oh, uh, well, I have to agree with Kev, because we've spoke about that for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> but I'd also incorporate the SEs with audit chains as well. You know, get them into a conversation like like we're having now. So it's open and honest and all the SEs know who the audit trainers are and then they can recommend quite easily m- more benefits to, to getting an audit registered trainer as well. Um. And you've mentioned quite a few times throughout this 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 episode about the idea of um, training and continuing with your development and stuff like that. So do you want to take a moment to tell us about some of the CPD that you're either doing at the minute or maybe something you've got lined up for the future? Uh, so obviously there's my book that obviously I'm selling to everybody. That's continuous training. Uh, for myself, I'm actually uh, a practitioner in mentoring and coaching with the IAPCNM, and I'm looking now to push my practitioner's mentoring up to senior mentoring. So that is my focus at the minute, to become a, a senior mentor uh, and push that along. So that that's my first goal within 2023 to, to get that. Uh, and any sort of cpd i'm going to be on top of it you know i was with you and kev earlier for for that training and i put all my instructors through some of kev or tracy's training as well and i'm sure they're going to be going through the rest of it as long as i as as well as me as well so you know well you've mentioned your book now so when i give you a chance to plug your stuff you're banned from mentioning (laughs) I'm <laughs> twisting the road to success available. All good bookstores on Amazon. Uh, Kev Field, what, what are you like for CPD at the moment? Is there anything on your radar or anything you're currently taking part in? Well, you, you know, we. I think, you know, most of us know that I always do CPD, whatever it is, wherever it is. If it's to do with what I'm working towards, and I don't know if you know this or not, I know, but we are we're getting a qualification. So the drive calm course that we do with confident drivers is going to become a qualification. We've passed the first hurdle. But we obviously need extra training to um, be assessors or verifiers. So that's my next step. Um, But also learning about neurodiversity as well. So there's um, lots to learn. Um, And, yeah, so I'm taking it forward a little bit um, to be able to help others in whatever whatever i can learn i'm going to be going forward from that so yeah the the only problem of asking you guys and, and all the other guys that have been on this this season for what <laughs> cpd they're doing is that i get excited and i want to go do it but i can't do all of the cpd that you guys are doing it's very frustrating i think i might stop this um but neil um do you want to take a moment to tell us uh where they can find you what you've got to offer and yes you can mention your book on twisting the road <laughs> success <laughs> Uh, okay, so they, they can find me at Why to Learn Driver Training, obviously on, on the internet. They can find me at the Audit Academy. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn and they can find me on Facebook. You know, uh, I'm open to answering any questions and talking to people, having a chat, see what I can help them. Obviously, the book will help them, so I'll always plug that and push that as well for them. But it's that's having some really good success. Other than that, you know, audit register. That's where they can find me as well. Um, but in all seriousness, congratulations on the book. I, 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 You know, I'm a fan, and I think that seeing the way you promoted it this year and seeing some of the sales you've done, I know, you, I know you're really proud of those. So, um, you know, congratulations on achieving that. I think uh, 
we all know that um, it's hard to get driving trucks engaged in CPD and to actually shell out money and go and pay for stuff. So the fact that uh, it's over 500 copies you've sold now? That... Yeah, so uh, 510 since the 1st of April. So I think that that's a massive achievement, you know. If they can help me get to 550 by Christmas, that'd be brilliant. Because I'm sure it's a present that every ADI wants out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there will be a link in the show notes for anyone listening. So just go and click link and um, you'll get through to it. So, uh, Kev, do you want to take a moment to tell people where they can find you and what you offer? So where can you find me? You can find me, obviously, Kev Field, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all that sort of stuff, the Driving Confidence Coach. Um, but also, probably now, it's going to be the Confident Drivers website. So me and my, my wife, Tracy. Um, she'll be able to talk to you. I'll be able to talk to you. Um, that's the best place probably um, to um, get in touch because Tracy's now full-time. Well, she will be in the new year. Um, and she's now full-time working with us. So that's going to be quite exciting, really. Yeah. I'm also very proud of you as well, Kev, and Tracy. Thank well done. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you guys for joining me today. Like I say, I think that the, the audit thing was, it's been under my radar, I think. And I think subconsciously, I've, I've never been overly engaged. I've never been overly infused by it. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I think this conversation has shown me why. I think that the, the I don't know, the, the, the instructor in me, the person I am wants to develop and wants to train and wants to always try and improve who I am. But when I look at the actual qualification and the, the almost the loops you've got to jump through sometimes to get it, especially with the state it's in now, that puts me off. So I think I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place uh, as to where I go with that. And I think that's probably why it's fallen under my radar for a bit. So uh, at the very least, this conversation has helped me work out where I stand. So, yeah, appreciate your time today, guys. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, Terry. So big thank you to both Kev and Neil there. Really appreciated them joining me and taking my questions around audit. As I mentioned in the show, if you want to find out any more from those guys, head to the show notes and you'll find links for everything you need over there. Also, as I mentioned at the start of the show, this is the last episode of Season 6. So a big thank you for listening. But we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up for next year. So first of all, in January on the 17th, we have the second Meganar. Now, if you want to go back and watch the first one, you can find a, a one-hour highlights package on the YouTube channel, or you can join the Instructor Podcast Facebook group where you'll find the entire video, the full three and a half hour video from the one we did in August of 2023. But in January 17th, we've got the second one there with some amazing speakers. So really excited about that. Season seven of the Instructor Podcast will be returning in March. And we're going to be bring, coming back with something slightly different because we are going to be putting themes to the seasons going forward. And the next theme for season seven will be road safety slash vision zero. And what I'm going to be looking at is bridging the gap between the road safety campaigns and our industry, because I think there is quite a big gap there. I think that the road safety campaigns and organisations don't utilise driving instructors enough. And as driving instructors, we definitely don't promote and utilise them enough. So I'm looking to get information on the campaigns and work out how we can use it to develop lessons, develop our schools and essentially make the roads a safer place to be so really excited about that and that's how the seasons are going to be going forward we're going to be theming the seasons also want to take a moment to say that just because the instructors on hiatus doesn't mean there won't be any additional content still going to be green rooms every month but on top of that check out the instructor podcast premium over there there's at least three new shows every month we've got things around the gde matrix we've got standards check stuff we've got coaching as well as uh, self-care and mindfulness. And we've got a new show starting actually in February with the wonderful Emma Cottington, who is a mental health first aider, coming to talk about that stuff as well. So loads of really cool stuff going on over there, including the already 140 shows that we have in the bank over there to help you become an even more awesome driving instructor. Speaking of which, in April, I start my nine-month-long course it's not really a course, but I don't know what else to call it yet. It's 
basically getting you consistently confident on the competencies. So from April until the end of next year, we're going to be putting a lot of focus around the competencies within the standards check. And I've been planning this for for about nine months now. And I'm not going to tell you all I've got planned. You'll have to wait and see. But we do have the ADI Dr. Lee Sperry coming in to deliver some expert sessions. And we've got loads of cool stuff planned. So I'll keep you out for that coming up, starting off on April the 1st. So as you can see, lots of stuff planned already for next year. So, you know, make sure you're following us. Go and click subscribe to the newsletter. Again, you can find that in the show notes or the website, www.theinstructorpodcast.com. Over there, you'll get updates on all the stuff that's going on. So you can always know what's going on with the Instructor Podcast. As I said previously, big thank you to listening for this year. But remember, let's just keep raising standards. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.